0: Hello and welcome to the Inner Gamer episode 272. We are the video game source for you, the casual gamer, and my name is Brett Janoski.
1: And I'm awesome Morales, and this week on the Inner Gamer podcast, Brett jumps into Call of Duty Modern Warfare and beats the campaign, and I jump into Final Fantasy VII Remake. I have an update, have not beat it. Man, it's a long game, but heck is it fun. And for our uh, gaming news, we jump into uh, Kojima had a game that was canceled and is now working hard on his next project. Crazy, because he's, like, almost 60, and you can't be canceling games this late in the game. And DICE wraps up final content update for Battlefield Five. So we talk about what they're uh, launching, and uh, will we be jumping back into it? Mystery. And for our discussion topic, we talk about the best co-op games. We play with our friends. We have five each. We run down that. We have a lot of similarities, surprisingly, because... um, some of them are happen to be the ones we actually stream on a consistent basis. So surprise, surprise.
0: Well and we're friends, so we play together, you know? We bring
1: it all together. And cue that music. Welcome to you.
0: It is June 9th, 2020. Welcome to the Inner Gamer podcast. For first-time listeners, welcome to our show. We make this podcast for our fans, so if you ever have any feedback, let us know on any of our social channels, or you can also shoot us an email at hello at the intergamer.net. In addition, if you're a return visitor and are loving this podcast, thank you for sticking with us. If you want to make the show better, please consider donating at patreon.com slash or simply sharing this episode with a friend. You can visit the intergamer.net slash donate to contribute as well. If you just want to do a one-time donation, we accept cash, credit card, Venmo, Square, this, that, whatever. Anything that is a payment option, we accept it. Um, likely in some form or fashion. And if we don't accept it, email us and we'll probably figure out a way to accept it. So there's that. Um, Anyway, also um, if you guys haven't been aware or haven't listened to the last like five, six podcasts we've been preaching this information, uh, we stream every Wednesday at twitch.tv slash Gamercast, So you definitely want to tune in and watch that. We are currently running through the Divinity Original Sin 2 campaign. We're getting very, very far. We're getting very powerful except for Sarah. Sorry, Sarah. But (laughs) We are are making our way through it. We're kind of powering through. What kind of jab was that? I don't understand. No, i was just saying because she she was dying a lot last time. (laughs) Oh, oh, I see. I see. We had to revive her several times. Yes. Damn it. And we're like, Sarah, you're so squishy. But it's okay. (laughs) Um, But then, I I mean, everybody was dying. But there was last time, it was an exceptional amount of time of death.
1: Yes. We, well... Our ma- biggest issue real quick was that we kind of were going a certain direction with our characters and then we all decide like, wait, this isn't working. We need to like re re look at what we're doing. And yeah, so we're kind of still figuring things out. Yeah, sadly, definitely. But anyway, but it's been fun. So twitch.tv slash human gamer cast
0: every Wednesday at 7 p.m. You should tune in and watch us. So let's talk about video games. So this week I was going to play some new games and then that didn't happen because of life and, um, just not having the time to start something new. And I also have a list of games that I've been trying to go through that I want to finish before I like pick up anything crazy new. So I've been on this role of like, I'm halfway through this game. or I'm three fourths of the way through this game. So let's just finish it a little bit. So one of those games that I did was Call of Duty Modern Warfare. I've been playing this game a lot. We've been playing Warzone often, like once, twice, three times a week. Um, I played through a lot of multiplayer and all that stuff, but I haven't beat the campaign yet until this weekend. And now I beat it. I powered through it. I was I had left off at the uh, Highway to Hell or whatever, the highway mission. Um, if Austin, you remember this. There will be some light spoilers in this podcast, by the way. I but, don't remember the campaign okay. too much. Oh, well, that's sorry. sorry. I know. I mean, yeah. it was great, but it was like amazing. Yeah, Yeah. It wasn't as impactful as the first Modern Warfare, I feel like. No, Um, no. this one was kind of like, I didn't really fully understand the story for a little bit. And then I went back and like kind of recap myself and realized. I mean, it's basically like there was this gas and then it got stolen. And then there was this Russian guy who wanted to blow stuff up. And then you also had the, their made up version of Al Qaeda who had this bad guy who was crazy. And then you eventually kill him and then you go through this whole thing. But there was a lot of intense moments where you're like, you know, there's one part at the beginning of the game where you're raiding through a house And you're in night vision and it's going room to room and encountering people who are in this house. And there's basically like a woman with her son and then her father who has an AK 47, who pulls it on you and tries to kill you. So then you just like point blank, just murder this guy in front of their family. And, uh, that was a little intense, um, in that situation. And then there was a part at the very beginning where you're in Piccadilly circus or whatever in Europe or whatever, London or wherever this was. And there was a, a bombing, And then you're there in the heat of the bombing. So that was pretty wild. And there's a part where you play as a kid, um, which is actually Farah, one of the characters in the game. So you play as her when she's a little kid and have to run around and follow this Russian dude through this house and like stabby-stab him in the back. So that was fucked up. Stabby-stab him in the back. (laughs) Stabby-stab him in the back, yeah. And it's just a lot of like crazy, like intense moments to this. But I really like the characters that they developed in this game because they brought back Captain Price, which was great. Um, but then they introduced a lot of new ones. Like you had Alex, who is the uh, the American soldier who oddly works for the CIA, but is like a soldier. It was, it was weird to see him like dressed up in like, what looked to be a, like army uniform or whatever, but he was working for the CIA. Um, but he is there. And then you had uh, the Captain Price. You had Kyle. Garrick, who was working with Captain Price for the British SAS, and then he's like a new recruit or whatever, trying to prove himself. And then you had um, Farah or Far, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, She, uh, and then she was a really interesting character, because she's like this resistance leader that's part of her fictional world of as Urkistan or whatever, Um, and like protecting her people and stuff like that. And then Alex joins forces with her because he believes in what she's fighting for and all that stuff. And there was just some interesting like character development that happened throughout the course of this war game, and um, the ending was cool. Like there was a lot of good moments in this. I mean, it was very. It was an on rail shooter. I mean, it's it's kind of what it is. There was one mission where they had you like go from like house to house to try and find this bad guy and like take out lights and like navigate through. But it was very. It was like a compound, and you had to like just explore everywhere and very stealthily make your way around, which is actually a pretty fun mission. It's kind of stressful. But uh that was the only like open ended mission I played. And then everything else is pretty much follow the objective pathway and make your way through it. Or follow the scripting of where they're guiding you through the world. And um yeah, but it was it was it was a pretty awesome ending to a campaign. It was quick, it moved quick. Um, the last like six missions I felt like were two and a half hours long. I mean, they jump from place to place really, really fast. But I mean, there was a part where you're interrogated and waterboarded, which was fucked up. And there's a part where you're chasing after a guy and then you interrogate him with his family right there. I'm like, whoa, that's fucked up. And just the whole game, it's just a constant stream of like chaos and wildness. And uh, it's interesting because they definitely tell you when you come in the game, it's like, there's a lot of violent graphic stuff in here. Are you sure you want to continue and watch this? And then you say yes and then you get to do all the crazy stuff like uh, waterboarding and
1: you're like, whatnot. "Hell yes, I do. I'm an adult and I want to see this." Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like,
0: yeah, let's let's see it all. But it's it's interesting. And then like the ending, it set it up for a sequel very clearly that they're making more. There was a little nod to Soap McTavish making it a comeback, a return to the game. And I was like, Oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool to hear some familiar faces and names and stuff. So um, we'll see where they where they take it. But I was impressed. I thought it was a good campaign. And then I also want to play Spec Ops because then after it was done, they were like, continue the story. Cause then they introduced a new al-qaeda leader or their are Al- out whatever they call their version of al-qaeda in there but um you can continue in co-op with your friends and do more missions with this new enemy leader that's in there so i want to go in there and play special ops with you guys because we can have up to four players yeah, and do special ops missions Hell yeah i'm down with that and um yeah I'll just finish it out but I'm, I'm impressed with the amount of content that they put in this i mean this this is the first time in a while that i've been able to look at a call of duty game and be like yes this was worth every penny you pay 60 bucks and you got pretty fleshed out. I mean, it was like seven, eight hours long. It wasn't super long, but it was a pretty fleshed out campaign. Very well done cutscenes, very overall pretty good story. Um, interesting moments. You get a special ops co op campaign, which I don't know how long that is, but I would imagine it's a couple hours long. Mm-hmm. Um, you get multiplayer, which has a huge amount of replayability. And they just threw in Warzone in there and you got this whole Battle Royale game that's got a huge progression
1: system. So it's a lot of content to get out of this $60 game. Oh, yeah, for sure. And uh, I I was playing some, uh, or Scott, who and his brother we usually jump into and play Warzone with. uh, They were like, hey, let's play some multiplayer. And uh, I remember I jumped into it, and it was cool, but it wasn't anything, like, crazy amazing. Uh, We hadn't played it for a while, but we jumped back into it, and, man, it's actually a lot of fun. Like, it's very, this Modern Warfare has super polished Like all guns, or well, the guns I use are you know easy to use or not easy to use. It's I mean it's pretty easy point shoot, but I I just like the way that they feel, the way that they act, all the different customizations you can do. uh, Like you can really make a gun fit to your play style, and you know there's just so much going on there, and it all just works very very well, and I'm very impressed with that. So it's been nice to jump back into that and actually play some super quick, easy to kill uh, multiplayer action call of duty multiplayer yeah. action
0: heck yeah no that was yeah we, we went back and played that not a couple or last week i think and mm-hmm. i was i was amazed at how how good it felt and how much of an adrenaline rush it was because you know, when you're playing Warzone like everybody's got body armor so it takes a little bit longer to kill people even though like for a battle royale game it's a pretty quick time to kill but in multiplayer i mean it's it's quick like you pop them a couple shots and they're down and uh that's kind of it was invigorating i was like man i'm getting so many like like knocking people left right here there and it's this maps are so tiny and predictable and it's just like you know you know exactly where you need to go it's either left right middle um there's a lot of verticality that i forgot that they put in these maps where you can like <clears throat> you know if you if you really know the map design you can outsmart anybody at any any like like i was playing uh the map capture capture the flag whatever domination um you can really outsmart players and get around them really fast because, you know, you go to this one base and there it's on the lower floor, this one flag, it's on the lower floor, but you're right by this building that's like kind of bombed out and there's an upstairs you can go to where you can like kind of walk around in a full circle. There's like two windows of exit that you can jump out of to basically if you see somebody, you can pretty easily flank them and get around them and pop them in a shot and then go and capture the flag uh, without them ever really realizing that you were even there. And that's
1: amazing. Oh, yeah. And um, I uh, I even jumped back into the, because uh, they did uh, Modern Warfare 2 remastered. So I pre-ordered oh, yeah. that, got some cool stuff for uh, Warzone. And I, I was really digging it, actually, for a little bit. But, man, are those missions super quick. And it is a lot tougher than I remember it being back in the day. I mean, maybe oh, they've wow. tweaked some stuff that I don't, you know, can't really put my finger on or whatever, but. I just remember like dying a lot in the missions, but they being super quick and for the most part, it's a pretty well paced game, but I ended up just kind of falling off of it. It's just I mean, for the time it was a great story. I mean it's still a great story, but I think re- just kind of trying to replay that was kinda of like eh at a certain is point. Is that the is
0: that the one where they had you go into the uh airport and kill a bunch of people? Yeah, no Russian yeah. mission. Yeah. That's and I right. thought
1: it was an American uh an American airport, but no, it was actually a Russian airport. Yeah. So I'm kind of confused about the story now. Cause I thought that's what it was, but I looked back on the trailer from, you know, back in the day. I was like, maybe, maybe they just changed it or something, but no, it, it was a Russian airport even back when it first released. <clears throat> so yeah. I was just so confused. Cause I thought they went into the, Amer- the an American, uh, you know, was infiltrating this group of terrorists and they go and mow down, uh, American airport with American civilians in there, and that was like the huge moral conundrum that you had to deal with going in. But no, it was all to set up like leave an American soldier dead at the end, uh, and be like, Look, the Americans did this, yeah. So well, the other I moral was conundrum so was just
0: like you having just like blatantly going in there and just like oh, being yeah. told to attack innocent civilians, and yeah, whether or not you would do it was. I guess well, if you I just didn't had a whole it, other, be failed.
1: I just, I guess I just had a whole because you know this was all about this was the time after nine eleven, right? So this was, I guess that was still fresh in my mind. I thought that was what this was supposed to be about, like terrorists yeah. in America. But because you're an American soldier infiltrating this group, anyway, I thought that was interesting. I mean, that they, that was still like a very interesting mission, still very like high intense. I can't believe I'm doing this still to this day. <laughs> And uh, some of the animations they have of people dying is just its pretty amazing, especially for thinking about back in that time when we first played it. Like, man, right. they did a really good job. So I was like, I was trying to think. So i wonder what the where the story takes place because at
0: the very end of the game, he was like, I'm establishing a task force and it's going to be called 141. And then I'm reading about Modern Warfare 2 and it says, the now Captain John Soap McTavish serves as a senior member of Task Force 141 uh inside of modern warfare 2 the game that you played so i'm like are these i mean because they said that these are taking place at a different like when they talked about what modern warfare the redid version would be was that it wasn't it was in the same universe but a different take on the story but i'm wondering if it's like meant to be a prequel
1: or what like it's not very clear but um, I got one more game to talk about. Yeah, I've been playing a lot of uh, Final Fantasy VII recently. Not as much as I thought I'd be. I didn't realize it's a 33-hour game, and I played about three hours yesterday, and I only oh, got... I thought it was longer than that. No, it's not. That's actually pretty long, I actually... I mean, if you think about it. I, I thought well, i put I mean, it as long. Anything
0: over 15 hours for me is long. True, but, true. Like, I was thinking it was more like a 50-hour game or something.
1: I think it can be if you do everything, you know. Um, But I... It says there's extras and then completionists, but I'm like, it's a pretty linear story. I don't know how many extra side things there are. It just didn't make sense to me. Anyway, that was on uh how long's it take to beat dot com or whatever. And I just got to halfway through this game. I just now got there. I was like, oh my gosh, there is so much in this game. Um, I can't I think the last time I left off, I was about to leave and go attack another Mako. Uh, reactor facility, and so uh, we go and do that. We get on this train, we get caught, and I'm not trying to reveal too much of the story if you guys haven't played it yet. But I'll talk about it a little bit. So maybe maybe might have spoilers. Anyway, we go down the subway and we kill a bunch of stuff, and uh, I think the pacing now is getting a little choppy because there's a lot of like pulling away, a lot of expository stuff, like cutscenes with the bad guys, and then they're like, oh, we're doing this grand plan and we know what's gonna happen the, what the good guys are doing and we're tracking them and all this stuff and I mean it's just very anime in that aspect and I was just like this is kind of part of the story I just don't like and um, I was like okay well I, I mean what is nice is that even though that I think the way the story is layered and some of the dialogue between the characters are really cheesy and just like ugh, uh, the actors do a really good job of just making it believable nonetheless and I was like man they couldn't have found better voice actors for all of these characters uh, at least American voice actors I don't, know, I don't know about the Japanese or all that but you know the whole way through I was like man I, like I really believe them I believe all what, everything they're saying and that's very hard in a video game to do I feel like unless you have like a story with a good director uh, you know it's, it's no the last of us or God of War but I don't know. They, I don't know what they did. I, I wish I could see how they actually directed these characters or these voice actors. Um, and I did find it get it slow, getting slow in areas. Cause there's a lot of like traveling and, you know, kind, kind of like in red dead or uh GTA where you travel from one place and everyone's talking and stuff to like fill that void. It's nice to get like, uh, some insight on some stuff, but I just want to, I, I wish the pacing was just a little more different. Um, yeah, I think that's the one thing is it's just this game might I mean, I know they extended it. This is only what two thirds of the actual game or something like that. The original game or one third. Like I forgot what they said, but uh I think this could have been condensed a little bit. Um Really? Yeah, that's just my opinion. Like there's just too much walking around. Like there, there's a bunch of rooms you can go through, like when you're going down the subway, and like find extra gear or like extra stuff, uh, like consumables and things like that, which is nice. But I just felt like it was a little not necessary. Yeah, there's kind of like puzzle elements to this where there's something stuck in like a high place or something, and if you're not if 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 you're actively looking like how to solve that, like you'll get there. But I just found it like why I don't want to. Do that. It's not like an It's not like a RPG we see these days, right? or it's like if I go search for stuff, I'm gonna find like a really badass weapon that's gonna really help me in combat. This is more of like you're gonna find a consumable, like hoorah, I guess. And I found it they're like vending machines spread out enough where if you need to, you know, restock on some potions or whatever, you can do that and you get quite a bit of money, at least from my experience, like just going around, but maybe because I explored a lot, maybe I was getting money. I just didn't realize it. I don't know. Or whatever the currency they have in this game. But I think a lot of set pieces are really awesome and like how they have this uh, city laid out where like the slums are in the bottom and that's like the second area you get to. And then you have to go back up top to like this uh, to like the big main city. Did you ever watch Alita? Uh, no, I, I have it on my list though to watch. Okay. Well, it's kind of like Alita where like, you know, they have slums on the bottom and they have like the rich living in like this very tall towering area in the sky. It's the same thing here and, and you have to go up there and, you know, it's very much a uh, class, uh, I guess, uh, what do you call it? Commentary on classism and stuff because they have this Mako reactors are taking what they taking Mako out of the earth, which is what the ter- uh, eco terrorists say, I'll just call they're you know, the people trying to stop this, you know, you know, pollution and stuff. They say Mako is a lifeblood of the earth, and so they're trying to stop uh, this corporation from taking it all and having like all this power and stuff. So it's interesting; it's very interesting. Yeah. Um, and I really, I really want to play this game. I'm
0: just yeah. It's it's something that I feel I need to not have like fifty other things on my <laughs> plate to do. Yeah. I don't that's know if the story
1: is strong enough to keep you going. I think the gameplay, like, you'll get hang of it pretty easily. Like, it's not that yeah. complicated uh, compared to other games. Uh, and the story is not to, horrible, you know? Yeah. I was talking to uh, Jason last night. He said he picked it up. Was, yeah, He was, yeah, he was it talking out. about that. He said he's been yeah. playing nonstop. Yeah. Oh, that's great. I, so I wish my, I could. I just I have a hard time. For this one, like, after I've played the first four hours, I've been finding it harder and harder to pick up. I yeah. think it's because some of the dialogue and pacing is just kind of like, do I want to spend an hour playing this game right now? Yeah. Which
0: sucks. And that's the other thing too, I think that's with with us because like I was talking to my my friend at work, um, Julia. She's uh she she picked this game up and she's very much a like she she gets a game, she plays it to to it be finished, and then she moves on her next one. But she doesn't really switch to anything else until she finishes that one she's on. Right. So right. Like she's like since I've known her, like she went from she picked up Borderlands three um, I don't know if she actually beat Portal Three because she was kind of like a lot of people like just didn't it wasn't enough like of interest and stuff like that. So I think she gave up on that. But then she got into Spider Man, finished that. Once she finished that, then she jumped into uh, um, uh, what's the game that just came out? Um, oh, Death Stranding. Mm-hmm. Uh, she played all of that like completely finished it. And I'm like, dang, that's impressive because I I just I don't know I don't know if I can go back and finish it. That's a struggle I have. Yeah. And then she's playing Final
1: Fantasy and now she's playing Civ Six on PS4. But like, Sherry beat Funnel Fantasy. So I I used to be able to do that. Like in definitely in high school and mostly in college. That's what how I play games. Like I'm not playing anything else to beat this game. I mean, at the same time, I didn't have the you know (laughs) expendable money that I do now to go out and buy whatever I want, whenever I want. Um, So it's just I yeah the backlog begins to grow and it's just it's hard to. I mean, the next best thing comes out and I want to experience it to the best of my ability. And yeah, yeah, things get pushed to the side. It kind, of, it, it kind of sucks, man. It kind of sucks.
0: I know. Things are going to change. I was talking to interviewing somebody the other day or trying to get a freelancer to help me out my job. And uh, we got to talk about video games because he had mentioned that he had, when he was doing like programming, mm-hmm. he had made a Resident Evil 2 uh, fan page back in the day, like in the, the original Resident Evil 2. Oh, nice. I was like, oh, cool. Did you play the remake? And he's like, well, he's got a kid now and all that stuff. So he doesn't have the, the time that he used to. So he has Red Dead Redemption 2. And that's his game. That's all he touches. Mm,
1: Because he's like,
0: when he's done with kids and he's done with parenting and all the things he's got to do, he jumps into Red Dead Redemption and he can get lost in this world and be a different person for a while. And that's like the only thing that he plays. And I was talking about how like that's, that's definitely a thing that I've heard as a trend of like, what certain casual gamers are that probably listen to our podcast or whether whether you do or don't. If you do listen to our podcast, I'd love to hear from you. If you are this type of person that like you play one game at a time and that is your game. And I'm curious to know, like what is that game you're playing right now? And like, what, like, like what, What are some reasons why you do that? I mean, it sounds like it's often because of, you know, you only have time for a game. Right. So pick a game that you can play hours on. And I think that's a lot of why we've seen all these games evolve into, you know, adding more and more stuff into it. Right. I mean, like playing Ghost Recon Breakpoint. I mean, I could play that for years, probably, and not find all the. well, not years, but a year and not find all the things that there are to do in this game.
1: Right. To keep you going. Right. Um,
0: I think I there's think that's a, a lot of people want now.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think I understand like for him, if he played that game, he would probably want to play it all the time. It's an only eight hour game. And I think it's, you know, something that he could complete. And, oh, and which it, game? Uh, Resident Evil 3. Oh, yeah. And, and like a decent amount of time. It's eight hours. I, I wish more games were eight hours because like me and Lizette watched bad boys too. And it's, it's, it's a fairly long movie, but you know, I, I want movies I can go back to and watch and experience again and again, you know, every so many years and just like have that same feeling, you know, but with yeah. games, some of them are like 20, 30 hour, 50 hour epics. And it's just like, I don't, after I complete it the first time, I don't want to go back and complete them again. It's just too long. Yeah, you're not going to um, go back and
0: play a 50-hour, right. like you're not going to play Death Stranding twice. No. I mean,
1: they some people might, but not going to Oh, yeah, S- some people, to. for sure. But like most people, I don't think. I, I think when there's a game that's so good, it becomes a selfish act to want to play it because I say that because like my girlfriend, she wants to spend time with me. And if a new game comes out that I really love, like I really want to play it. Now, she actually started playing, uh, she started uh, Left Re- or, sorry, uh, The Last of Us. Uh, oh, cool. not too long ago. And she's like, yeah, this looks like a great story and I really want to play it Um, to like, no, cause I always talk about it for everything. my reference games and story and stuff like that. And she's just like, yeah, it just looks, this is really good. And that first, it's that first scene. I forgot how, like, I always talk about how great that beginning intro mission is, but man, is it fucking good. Like from starting The gameplay is meaningful. You're not just running around fighting stuff like it's. You're going from point A to point B. There's good diet, like all the fat's trimmed off, right? And you just get exactly what you need to push that story forward. And then the dramatic thing happens, which I don't want to spoil still. Um, And then you go straight into the like intro credits, and it's just that is that is how you know I want my movie game to be. It's just seamless, pushing the story forward and super epic and i am sucked in like to that thing and uh we don't get that enough in video games but i mean yeah it's a weird medium man like i think maybe what i want is just is it's too much movie and not enough gameplay because I play well, um a- I when I play some games, like some parts in Final Fantasy, like they'd have those epic cinematic parts, but then other parts it's just very gamey where it's just run around, slash some things, kill some enemies, nothing's really happening. There's some dialogue here, and it's just like where are the cinematics push me forward in this freaking story. <laughs> I'm just wasting time here. But uh maybe that's just because I'm older and I don't have all the time in the world anymore. Yeah. Was, it's funny you bring that
0: up because I was listening to some people talk about that exact thing and like specifically on PlayStation and their exclusive lineups that they always have and that, you know, they're always regarded as like these high and mighty great games. But then they were given a counter argument of like, you know, really, if you think about it and this is their words, not mine, but like they were saying, if you think about it, there aren't really like PlayStation games have a formula where they they're very story driven heavily story-driven, but the gameplay is kind of the same thing. Like, you're doing, like, in an action-adventure kind of situation. I mean, if you look at Horizon Zero Dawn, if you look at The Last of Us, you look at Uncharted, you look at Spider-Man, you look at all these different games, like, they're very similar mm-hmm. in their formula, in a way. And I thought about that, I was like, you are kind of right, but there, you know, there isn't any, any branching. I mean, you don't have any crazy epic, I mean, other than Bloodborne like epic wild RPGs that I can think of that have come out of there that are like like the Witcher level RPG Yeah, that's a PlayStation exclusive. You don't have a, like, I mean, anymore, you don't have like a huge racing game franchise. I mean, they have Gran Turismo, but they haven't really pushed on that that much. You don't have a um, big like shooter title that has come from like the PlayStation. I mean, we used to have kind of Killzone, but that's kind of, for me, a B level. I mean, it's I wouldn't consider it like up, you know, on the top echelon of shooter games. Yeah. So like there isn't that in existence. And you look at what's coming out. We got what just came out, Death Stranding, third person action adventure game, uh, Ghost of Tsushima, third person action adventure game, The Last of Us, third person action adventure game. Um, yeah, it's kind of it's interesting. Like there is kind of a formula to what makes good PlayStation games, but they're all wrapped around this idea that their stories are always, fuck, always fucking good. Well, maybe and that's that's the
1: secret recipe to a good story game. Yeah. Third-person action-adventure. Yeah. Now, if that's but the if case, not, i not. But you, okay. I mean, you don't want to, like, I mean, you know... Yeah,
0: right, true, true. You want to, like, change it up and, like, have different types of experiences. Right. I mean,
1: well, maybe that's, <clears> what, that's
0: what sells for them. Yeah. I mean, I think it is. But I, I did think that was kind of interesting because, I mean, if you look at... The lack of ex- stuff that's come out, but mm. I mean, if you look at what uh, Xbox has brought out, I mean, they do have Gears of War, which is a shooter, but it's third person shooter. Right. You got Halo, which is definitely a shooter. Right. You have Sea of Thieves, which is like a open world exploration, but it's it's not really a- it's kind of action adventure, but not really in the same vein because um, it's got the co op elements and all that stuff. So there's there's a bit of diversity there. There's just not enough. Right. But and then with PlayStation, like they have this formula that they know is going to be pretty solid in most cases, and and do really really well. But um, I don't know. I'm just I'm with that said. I'm kind of hoping that PlayStation Five kind of does change that up a little bit and breaks the mold into other genres that we haven't really seen much from them before, right? Um, and changes it up a little bit. And I'm not sure who or what studio that they have under their belt would be right for that. But I feel like they could could do that and pull it off, for sure. So, for sure. Yeah. Anyway, it's interesting. Yep. But uh, I mean, Godfall. I'm hopeful that that's going to be good, and that's different because that's like a looter shooter, you know, kind of situation. Yeah. That's uh, looking to be a bit of a different kind of uh, approach than what they've done thus far. So, right. We shall see. Yeah, we man. shall see. All right. Well, uh, anything else you got? Yep. That's it. Cool. All right. That's going to wrap it up for the games we play this week. If you want to play games with us each and every week, you can join us in our Discord channel. You can check out that link in the show notes. If you like what you hear, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or sharing this episode with a friend. Stay tuned. We'll be right back for our video game news.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Have you ever found yourself on your way to a friend's house for a LAN party or a con-like DreamHack with no easy way to transport your
1: gear? It's heavy, it's complicated, and you have to deal with about five minutes of parking restrictions. Thanks to our new sponsor, Crazy Pro Gear, you don't have to worry about that.
0: They have an awesome pro-level backpack that can hold any mid-sized tower or smaller, your accessories, peripherals, and everything except your monitor.
1: We used it at QuakeCon 2019, and it was a game changer. You can also use it for board games, video game consoles, and game sticks, and more to make travel to the next convention or friend's house as simple as throwing on your backpack.
0: Head over to theinnergamer.net slash crazy, that is C-R-A-Z-Z-I-E, to purchase gear for your next event. A portion of the proceeds go back to us to support the inner gamer. We'll see you at the next con. You're listening
1: to the Inner
0: It is time for our video game news, 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 news from around the world. In this segment, segment, we share the best headlines from the week in the game industry. If you ever want to contribute to next week's episode, please send us a question or comment at hello.dienergamer.net. If we get enough comments coming in, we will start a mailbag section, which will feature all of you on our podcast. So send us some information to talk about, y'all. Give us the stuff. Yes, that was my Texas accent coming out with the y'all. Y'all, y'all, welcome to the show. Y'all, okay. Anyway, <laughs> we're gonna talk about uh something that I like to talk about because I like racing games and uh this is cool, so I'm just gonna talk about it. I don't care if you like it or not. Sorry, Austin, I'm just gonna have to deal right, with good. it. This will be all you because I don't, I don't have anything to say about this. Project Cars 3 is announced, it's been revealed. Project Cars is a development studio, slightly mad studios that kick started their original game called project cars and it was extremely successful. And then they made a VR version of project cars and they brought out project cars Two, And then now here they are with project cars three, all they did, nothing else, but Hey, here's a trailer that they dropped on the internet and that was pretty wild. So what's interesting about this game is up to this point, project cars has largely been a very heavily focused SIM racing game so SIM as in like you have to pay attention to your line as you're driving. You have to make sure you brake early as you're entering the apex and then speed up as you uh, exit the apex and do all the things you're supposed to do when you're driving in a car um, in your racing mechanics and stuff like that. Well, this one looks to be a little bit different. They might be going a little bit in the realm of need for speed, a little bit touching in. There's a lot of car customization in here, which has got me super excited. Um, Lots and lots of stuff you can do to customize and change it up. And uh, the graphics look incredible as they normally would. And what's even crazier is this game is launching this summer. So like they were, they haven't talked about it. And all of a sudden, hey, guess what? We have a game coming out in a couple months. Okay, bye. And uh, that is it, literally. They never did a news post. No Twitter reveals or anything like that. No press release. Just like, hey, Project Cars 3. Here it is, local trailer. See you in the summer. On PC, PS4, and Xbox One. Nice. Hell yeah. Super excited.
1: i all well, about that. Let's, why not? Just just release why it.
0: Not? Just release it. Hell yeah. I'll well, just pick it up and finally play. Yeah. Um, dive into it. Get some racing game life in my life. Um, the next story we got to talk about is uh, Hideo Kojima, who obviously released Death Stranding last year um, to some uh, relatively positive reviews. Uh, some people understood it. Some people did not. But... Obviously there's other things that he wants to do in life besides just make Death Straining. Yeah. So the interesting thing about it is that he had started another project, a major project, that got canceled. And uh he was kind of pissed off about it. I'm not gonna lie. Oh, you mean uh, happy. Silent Hills. <laughs> oh no, this is an addition to know, Silent Hills. I know. Which is crazy. So yes, he's had multiple games get canceled on him. Um but yeah, so that game got, got canceled. He wasn't very happy about it. But now they're on a new project, and we don't know what the heck it is. We don't have ne- know nothing about it. It's in the early planning stages, and uh, he's uh, definitely working on something new. So what that is, we don't know. But I'll be curious to see how long it takes them to bring it out. Right. Because I, I knew that Death Stranding was an in-between game between their other big idea they were working on, which I think this is the one that now is canceled.
1: Oh, man. Because... I know Death Stranding was
0: done to be like, let's build up a game with a story. Let's use an engine that already kind of exists out there and modify it, bring it out. And then at the same time, we'll work on this other game. So this other game didn't happen. And it's kind of a bummer. So I'm curious to know what all happened within that because, you know, Kojima's had
1: no shortage of problems in the last couple of years. Right. right. Um, I mean, it's not easy, you know, (laughs) moving. Or like leaving your parent company that you've known for so long, starting your own thing, and that's not—that's never easy. That's true. But you know, Hideo Kojima was getting up there, like an age. I'm kind of, I'm kind of (laughs) worried. He don't have much time left. You know what I mean? I'm sure. How old is he? uh, I think he's probably almost fifty. If you want to, that's not bad. He's got another. I mean, 40 years on him yeah 50 is a new 40 for sure but still it's like at some point you probably want to be like i'm, I'm done i want to go live my life and oh no just he's
0: 56 sure. oh
1: look at that! even <laughs> worse than i thought uh, austin yes guess what what what's your birthday
0: august 24th is that right yeah his birthday is august 24th
1: oh what happy birthday Kajima. my birthday <laughs>
0: Well, it's not your birthday yet, but I'm just saying. I know. I know. When it's your birthday, you can I, celebrate I, I can, with yeah. Kojima. So, just give him a call and be like, "Yo, hey, what's up, bro? What's up, bro? It's my birthday. It's your birthday. So, yeah. yeah, we're old. I'm 30-whatever <laughs> and you're 57. I'm going
1: on 32, man. There you go. Uh, yep. It's not, we're getting really um, close. He's also 5'8", man. He's short. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I should have known that because I've seen him in person. Right. Right. You but haven't seen him in person, but I have. He's two inches smaller than me. Crazy. Uh yep. but yeah man I'm just worried that like his time's running out. I'm it's just really sad to see a game get canceled. I mean, it happens all the time. There's good reasons for canceling a game, but still it's like, oh, that can't be good. <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, if you really think about it, I mean, he probably has enough time realistically to produce like maybe 3 more games, possibly maybe, 4, maybe. But that's like, I mean, assuming like he has a 4 or 5 year life cycle with each game, and mm-hmm. after that, I mean, like this next game will be done when he's 60. And then after that, yeah. he's can maybe do two more, two or three more in his 60s. And then once
1: he hits 70, man, he's not going to be super active in it, probably. I, I wouldn't. i hand it over to... I hope he's actively looking for somebody in his company to take over. Yeah. Because I would.
0: I've, I've been listening to the uh, Steve Jobs biography mm-hmm. uh, on audio version. And it's really fascinating to listen to that whole story behind Steve Jobs and his his ups and downs throughout the Apple department and company. But it's like interesting to hear him discuss how, you know, he was so adamant about certain decisions that they made in the company that most people push back on. He was like, no, 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 this is how it's going to be. We got to do it this way because trust me, it's going to work out. And no, everybody was like, no, 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 engineering needs to happen first. And he's like, no, 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 design is happening first. And then the engineers are going to figure out how to make this shit work. And <laughs> so that was his like whole philosophy. And then he brought Johnny Ives on board, who was, You know, all into like super into design. So, him and like Steve Jobs got this like really good connection where they would have lunch every day and just sit there and just like bullshit about what their next products would be. So, they were kind of like these top dogs that basically led all the design decisions of the company. (laughs) And everybody else just had to like fall in line and figure out how to make it work for their crazy visions. Wow. So, whenever they were like, we're going to make a. We're gonna spend five dollars per for packaging. Like they put patents on all their packaging that they do for their their stuff Uh because they wanted when people get it to like have this epic experience when you open up the box. Yeah, and I mean he definitely was a like big time visionary. Like if it wasn't for him like pushing and like being an asshole to people, like a lot of the stuff that you see that pushed the envelope probably wouldn't have happened. So I'm curious to know like what kind of impact Hideo Kojima has on those situations, like. Like, what pieces of his games are largely related to him and his push? Yeah. I mean, obviously, Death Stranding, I feel like, is largely, that game is so weird because of him. So, where's the weird going to come from?
1: That is a good question, man.
0: Yeah. We'll lose the weird.
1: (laughs) I don't want to lose the weird. And you won't have silly
0: names like, you know, Sam Bridges and... I like the weird. Freaking what's that girl's name quiet yeah yeah you won't have quiet anymore
1: you know i find it very fascinating to go off on a side tangent very i find it very fascinating that people now get facial uh like they bring people in just to get their face for video games like jill valentine same thing with quiet like they just bring people in, get their face, and be like this this face was based off of this person, and now we're gonna get a voice actor for it. And I find that fascinating, like and awesome, and all at the same time, like we can make yeah. anything we want to the way we want to. Technology has never been better, honestly. So Yeah. This is true. This anyway, is really true. I just thought yeah. that was kinda cool. I've been looking at some behind the scenes stuff for video games yeah, it is pretty interesting to see where they get their inspiration from. Um,
0: like who these people are based off of. Cause I mean, I've always been like, you know, had a few moments, especially when I was younger or whatever. I'm like, this girl's cute. You know, Mm -hmm. like that's, that's a, that's a cute looking, uh, character right there. Mm -hmm. But who is she based off of? Does she exist in real life? Is that my soulmate (laughs) that I've never (laughs) met before? I don't know. (sighs) I mean, it's like, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's crazy. crazy. Um, Awesome. Well, next one we got. This is kind of mm-hmm. weird, but I just thought it was, again, it's weird, so why not talk about it? Sega announces a Game Gear Micro, the strangest minigame device yet. So Game Gear is a thing that came out back in, like, 1990. And it was a retro console that allowed you to play all these games and stuff on it that was from Sega. And uh, they decided like, why this exists and who wants this, I don't know. But they're bringing out a mini retro console called the Sega Game Gear to celebrate the company's 60th anniversary. It's going to come out in Japan this October, and it is going to be in four different colors, black, blue, yellow, and red, and each uh, uh, Game Gear comes with four games built in, and it'll be about 46 bucks. And um, I don't know if it's coming to the States. Let me see here. I don't believe it is, but um, they're going to have um, these four systems that you can get. And it's it's 80 millimeters. It's three and a half or 3.15 inches wide by about 1.7 inches tall. So we're talking like like if you can imagine that. I mean, this is like barely like your fingers going to be like two inches apart or like an inch and a half apart from each other as you're looking at this. And the screen is like the tiniest. It's tinier than a two-inch screen on the Game Boy Micro. So it's, it's smaller than any Game Boy screen that's ever existed. So they're condensing these pixels down super, super small. So it's probably going to look super clear, but then you also can't tell what you're looking at. And <laughs> they've they've all been emulated. But it's crazy because each color variation comes with different games. So if you get the black version, you get Sonic, Puyo Puyo 2, Outrun, and Royal Stone. If you get the blue version, you get Sonic and Tails, Gunstar Heroes, Sylvan Tail, and Baku Baku. Um, every... every System comes with a different set of games. So, so basically, bit, if yeah. you want to collect them all, you got to buy all four. Hmm. On these little tiny devices. Yeah, I don't know if I like that. But it gets better though, because Does if it? you want something else, uh, you can also if you if it's too small, for example. Uh, Sega is going to bring out a new thing called the Big Window Micro Magnifying Glass, which is a recreation of the big window they released for the original Game Gear. So then you can get an attachment for your mini uh, system that'll be a bigger window that magnifies the screen. So rather than making a bigger device, they're going to make a device that magnifies the device that you're buying brand new that's in 21st century.
1: Mm.
0: Cool. Don't so wonder. they haven't announced it for the Western audience yet, so it likely right. won't ever come here. But the fact that they're making this, I'm curious to know: like, is there a market for this? Like, I guess. Or like, why would you buy? Or four of these? what? It's so weird. I don't know. And <sighs> these games, like Sonic the Hedgehog, yes, that's awesome. But I don't know. I would like to see them make a Dreamcast Mini, though. That'd be pretty sick. Oh my gosh. Did you ever play the Dreamcast? <laughs> the big window is ridiculous. Uh,
1: Dreamcast. Uh, yeah, I, was, uh, I I wanted to get it if I would have got the Dreamcast I probably wouldn't have got the Xbox that's how life changing that was and I got the Xbox changed my life yeah wow
0: <laughs> somebody said oh Sega you had one job and you chose the most bizarre iteration of it you could congrats I'll tell you what people actually wanted make a Game Gear roughly the same size as the original with all the titles you can fit That's simple it, it really is that simple Why? why wouldn't you do that I know But then here's somebody else who says, I know this is pretty stupid, but I want to buy one anyway.
1: (laughs) Uh, I mean, if you love that stuff, I get it. I totally get it. Yeah. But it's definitely not for me. Yeah, it's not for me either. I I, I, Obviously, I was
0: crawling whenever this game came out, this system came out. So it's foreign to me, and I don't think it'll ever come into play. Plus, it's just so small. Mm -hmm. It's like, that's baffling to me. Yeah. but. yeah. Maybe they'll bring out a bigger version later on. We'll see. We shall see. All right, last story we have before we move on to our discussion topics. This is this has me very sad, actually. Um, Dice is wrapping up Battlefield 5's content updates. Uh, as of last week, um, they released their final update, the Summer Update, that adds two maps, one of which is Al Mark Encampment. Uh, it's a brand new map, plus nine weapons, six vehicles, five gadgets, and three grenades. The other map, Province, has been extended to include the farmland and areas around the outskirts of town, bringing tanks into this battlefield on sixty-four player conquest and breakthrough. Um, both maps feature U.S. and German armies, and uh, they'll be following up with a similar adjustment to. They made some adjustments to Twisted Steel and Panzer Storm, and then later on this month they'll be bringing out an update to Al Sudan, and uh, that is that's it for Battlefield Five. And all the new weapons and vehicles, and they got a new map. But it's just like, I'm kind of sad because we had this reinvigoration in this game. And I feel like, you know, as much shit as it got when it first, it didn't get a lot of shit when it first came out. It did get some shit, you know, for like the females in a World War II situation, all of these different pieces and stuff. But, and it didn't have enough maps when it first launched. But they've done such a good job at updating this and bringing more content to it to where now it's like, I mean, this is a fully fleshed, well laid out content game with, I mean, there's like 20 plus maps in this game now, probably 25 or 30, maybe right. multiple different factions, tons of guns, guns or guns, vehicles, melee weapons, all this stuff. There's a lot here and it sucks to see it
1: kind of coming to an end. Well, so this is the thing with all this freaking, you know, games of the service stuff. Bullshit. I'm call it bullshit, Brett. Here we go. Oh no. Does any of this matter at this point? Like who, like uh, people still play Battlefield Five for sure, but it's gotta be a far cry from what, you know, the original launch and maybe even mid lifetime players were. I don't know if there's more players now that blow my mind at this point. But like, I've I've deleted Battlefield. We just don't play anymore. And I haven't. I don't. Were you have, deleted
0: Battlefield Five.
1: Yeah, I have no desire to go back and play that. Like not even for. I thought
0: we. I thought you loved it. I thought you were having fun, man. I did
1: for the time we, we played were, it. Reinvigorated. Yeah. I, was gonna, I have it on our content calendar to start playing again oh, next month. Lord have mercy. I don't even want to play it again. <laughs> it's so fun. Anyway, so. Like, okay. isn't there a better way? Well, we're of now doing recruiting
0: this? new Twitch uh, users to join us on the podcast. <laughs> that do you want to play Battlefield? Uh, if you want to send me your application, you can send it to hellodino.game.net. And uh, serious applicants only, not people that delete their game after five days.
1: <laughs> so I, I'm curious. <laughs> like, okay, I get it. games of service. You have this. You have this whole like Battle Pass, or you know, cosmetics, or things you can earn to get people to invest in your game and maybe even spend extra money on your game. But. At this point, was any of this worth it? Like, I'm I'm curious. We'll never, we'll probably never know, but like the cost-benefit analysis of having a games-as-a-service and releasing things over, you know, two years, three years, or whatever, however long you're, you think the game will last. But at this point, especially with all the bad PR it had early on and issues that people had with in reviews and stuff, like, you know, they didn't have the Battle Royale out, and that kind of fell off to be something, ugh, you know, doesn't even exist anymore. Basically, um, I'm just. I feel like this is just an example. Of why? 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 Like why? Like I'm glad they're ending it. They need to. They need to start on something different. But I just feel like Man. they've wasted money, like lots of money, and it could have gone Man. to making it better early on and putting way more things into it, and then maybe that would garner a community that would be super excited to see something right now. You know what I mean? Like who talks about Battlefield Five anymore? Not me. Not not any of our community. We talked about it a lot, man.
0: We were on top of this for a while. We were playing it well, every Well, that weekend. was a while. That
1: was like months ago. Well, it's right? not that long ago. But that, that was yeah. a while ago. But that's Today's like, time, that was a while ago.
0: <laughs> well, I know, but the game came out like four years ago, or three years ago, so... Exactly. That's still pretty good if you're talking about that much that late in the game. Right. And then we got like five people on the Discord
1: to buy it, and they were playing that's it pretty true. regularly, that's so... True. Well, I haven't seen anyone play Battlefield in the last... At least right before COVID started. Maybe like right at that point. I guess that was April. Oh, because then Warzone Wait. came out and then everybody jumped to that. March, April. No, March. No, February. Like into February, I think. Yeah, then Warzone. And, but we didn't really play Warzone early on. We, we gave it a try and then stopped. Um, yeah. I don't know. I just felt like... Uh, Well, I guess uh, on top of all that, games are coming out so much faster and they're all games as a service at this point. It's like everyone's just feeding this entity that people are going to fall off of faster and faster. Like all these plans to have a game that lasts for so long. Like, I don't know. (laughs) The market was flooded with it. How do you choose? You know? Oh, you can. Yeah, that's the hard part.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I was I was bummed when this came out because I was like, I've been enjoying it. I will I would jump back into it all the time. Yeah. But if everybody else wasn't wanting to, because I I mean this is my this is my game right here. I love this game. Like I was all about it. And I I I haven't felt like that they you know did anything bad with the games of the service stuff. Like I love the content updates and stuff like that. I like to give us free maps. Like that was cool. You know, we never had to like pay for any of that stuff it was just like hey you got here's a couple new maps and right I thought that was great i mean i wish i had more maps at launch but um but yeah i don't think it was for it was wasted i mean i thought it was i thought it was awesome what they brought out and produced i mean they kept it c- consistently going so it kept me coming back into it whereas otherwise i would just play it for you know allow me it's it's harder to keep your friends engaged with stuff these days than it used to be because there's so many more games that are coming out like you said but them releasing these new map updates makes it worth having a reason to pull people back in be like hey this new map came out let's go jump in and try it out and then you get your people kind of reinvigorated into that a little bit more which is cool right but i thought they did a pretty good job with it i wasn't you know upset I mean, yeah. with the, the process and everything i you know but. i
1: commend them for like keeping the content coming out like they said they would like that's that's awesome it doesn't happen all well some games end up just you know getting canceled like bioware but or uh anthem but <clears throat> yeah it's just if i had to choose between modern warfare or battlefield 5 right now i'd definitely choose modern warfare all like Damn. hands down and I've been saying this about Battlefield, like I'm ready for it. I'm tired of this these old guns that don't have all these attachments like Modern Warfare. And we need to come back to at least modern times with Battlefield. Like I miss yeah. I miss Battlefield Four so much.
0: Yeah, no, that's fair. <clears throat> so yeah, I don't know. I liked it. I was excited when this came out because I think this came out at the right time because there was a time when we were saying that there's too much of this bullshit in these games where there's. Too many attachments and too many advanced stuff and like wall running and all that stuff. So I think they oh, needed yeah. this time to the, for them to like kind of come back and get more grounded with everything. Right. And uh, it was it was it was refreshing to go back to this this world and this era. But I mean, I would definitely be excited if they had a new uh, bad company or a new Battlefield Five oh, that, yeah. came, that was announced that was like you know modern day kind of tech. Um, Bring back but still pretty company. grounded. Right. But I don't think the games as a service stuff is going to go away. I think that's always going to be here. But exactly. I thought they handled it pretty well with this game. I mean, there wasn't a battle pass that you could buy. It was just like buying uh, microtransaction stuff here and there, which yeah. is kind of cool.
1: I was trying to be um, general. Battle passes seem to be a yeah. big part of most of them. Right. Yeah. Anyway. But it is hard. I mean, it's hard to hard
0: to hard uh, to decide what to do. But I don't know. I was bummed. And that was that was why I wanted to talk about it. So I was right. like, oh, I'm kind of sad to see it in, <clears throat> especially since we have to wait till 2021 for the next Battlefield oh, to yeah. be out. So it's like, shit. Oh, man. But, but I'm still going to play it. You installed it, but I'll play it with other people then. <laughs> OK. All right. Very good. Yeah. Go Battlefield. Go Battlefield. Yeah. <laughs> um. Awesome. Well, that's all the news we got this week, everybody. That wraps it up. We covered some four topics there and then hopefully we got some exciting uh, new updates and announcements to talk about uh, with now that these um, some of these events got postponed a little bit. They should be um, I think EA Play got postponed a week and then Cyberpunk's event got postponed two weeks. So that was all happening next week. But now it's going to be a little bit later. But I know next weekend we have a lot of events that are going to be taking place that haven't been postponed yet so hopefully from those we'll get some cool announcements we can talk about and share with the community and you know get get hype for what's to come in the future of gaming so if you uh, haven't subscribed to us yet on youtube make sure you check us out youtube.com inner gamer releasing a couple of videos a week there so make sure you subscribe to get our videos as they come out stay tuned we'll be right back for our discussion topic
1: you' listening to
0: Hello everybody! Each week we break down, we dive deep into a hot topic on video games. We break down and dive deep into these games. All about them. All the things you want to know about video games. And today we are going to be talking about the best co-op games to play with your friends. Uh, why are we talking about this? Um, because we've been playing a lot of co-op games lately. And that's also happening with our friends, you know. Uh, still Where Some of us are still quarantining a little bit, you know, staying inside, trying to avoid... Uh, people and cooties
1: and <laughs> cooties COVID and all these things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. the COVID yeah. cooties. That's what we're trying to avoid.
0: You never know. You never know what's out there. <laughs> you might get cooties, you might get rabies, you might get oh COVID, Lord. you might get you might get, I don't know, any of the things. Yeah. There's just a numerous number of things. It's true. We should be all You might get dirt on your hands. We should all be afraid. Should all be afraid. Yeah, so we're gonna talk about some co op games you can play with your friends. A lot of these games are gonna be uh just a list, you know, just some things that we've been doing that have been a lot of fun to play. We want to share it with the world, you know, as you might have a couple of friends and you're like, I'm tired of playing Warzone this weekend. Or I'm a I've just been playing way too much Overwatch. Uh, if still playing that, which I think people are um, or I don't want to play this game anymore. So let's get my friends together. And let's play through a story and experience some kind of story or let's experience some kind of a game that lets us work cooperatively and not against each other. You know what I mean? Which usually if you're playing a team game, you're always working together. But um, these co-op story-based games are kind of fun and interesting and to hear uh, what you get into. And one of the things I want to open up with because it's just very relevant right now is obviously going to be Divinity Original Sin 2. That's my opener for great co-op games with your friends. Um, it took me a while to get into this game, but I'm glad that we have finally gotten to a point to where we've got a group and we're playing it and we're playing it consistently and I'm loving the heck out of it. If I was playing this game solo, I would hate it. But because we're playing together, it's been a lot of fun leveling up, getting higher and higher, you know, knocking through the story. We're halfway through roughly act two right now, probably further. I don't know, but uh, we're, we're killing it, taking out bad guys, going through dungeons, leveling up, upgrading our gear. It's a lot of fun. It's a great game to play with friends because you work together and you have to help each other out and share gold and share loot and sometimes share loot, you know. Not everybody shares. We try. Yeah. Divinity, right? We get a little greedy. Divinity, yep. Yes. No, I'm talking about uh I'm talking about snipper clips. Oh.
1: No, That's kidding. a great game Divinity. too. <laughs> it's great. If uh, for your significant other, if y'all want to play something easy and lighthearted. There you go. But, it, but
0: yeah no I'm talking about Divinity original Sin yeah, 2.
1: yeah that's also on my list like you can't get past the i mean if you love d and d obviously i mean it just it falls into that whole thing and uh, yeah there's not much more I could really say on it i mean I just love playing it and we stream it all the time it has such a lengthy campaign too i'm surprised <laughs> we've got we've come so far yet we're, there's still so much more to go and experience it's got over well, they're really
0: they're really good in this game but like i don't know what's a main quest and what's not. Like, I feel like Mm -hmm. I do, I pick up, we pick up all these quests from different people. I'm like, well, this is a quest, so might as well do it. And I just want to get stuff off the list. And then there's a lot of them that, like, tie into each other. So you can get one quest that branches off of another quest. So to complete one quest, you probably should complete the other one, because what you've done up to that point has kind of helped another quest out. And I'm like, I don't know if those are side quests or not. Or did this main quest associate with this side quest? So you get to basically play the whole entire game because you're not able to distinguish unless you get to the point where you're like having protective void walking chicken, walking chicken like you are right now, which I don't know what happened to chicken, but there was a chicken
1: somewhere. Well, I think. And now the chicken's gone. It's, it's very much like D&D that way. Cause like when we were playing our campaign with uh, our first DM, he was like, well, this is like your thing, right? This is your main, main quest objective right now. But Hey, you've, now, it can do all these different things. It's like, where do you want to go? And like, all those yeah. kind of maybe tie in to the main story. And it just gets convoluted at that point. Right. Yeah. You know, and it's the same here. Like, when you go in the quest log, there's just so much there. And there's nothing like, this is the main quest. Like in other games, like Skyrim and stuff, I believe so. There's like, this is the main quest. Some form or fashion, they distinguish that. And then the rest are like, oh, here's a bunch of side quests you can do. I, I think yeah. it was like that in The Witcher as well.
0: And they don't give you a lot of direction either. I mean, some of the quests are like go to this point on the map and then initiate a conversation, but then other quests are like, defeat the Void Woken. Okay. Well, that's gonna I don't know what that is. Like that means I have to do play the game, and then eventually there is a piece in time where you do other things that open up to a more concrete objective. Right. But I mean, the Void Woken <laughs> is
1: a plethora of different kind of enemies, you know? Yeah. <laughs> freaking beetle things that blow up on oh you oh my Bullshit. gosh yeah it's ridiculous um but you know i think that's but the that's fun really of it is kind of discovery too i mean thank goodness we're playing this game right now because if we had to actually figure it out ourselves it might take months before we got past one mission
0: <clears throat>
1: like trying <laughs> and that's to why like
0: out. i'm so big on like these one of these these rpg type games to have a co-op aspect and like why not a huge fan of Skyrim and stuff like that. Cause like with this game, if I didn't have you guys on my th- team to like help w- navigate through some of the nuances of this stuff, like I would, would have totally given up a long time ago. Cause that's, there's, there's a lot of stuff in here. I typically wouldn't like inventory management, mm. trying to find stuff and collect things. But I've, yeah. I've grown to really enjoy Let's dig through every single crate in here and see what's there. Right. And then go and sell that stuff and then upgrade and swap out my gear set as time goes on. I've actually, as I've gone older and we've been playing more of these co op games, I feel like I'm becoming more, I'm liking more of an RPG kind of game than I used to. I used to not ever want to touch these games, but now I'm like, wow. no, I actually kind of like it. I enjoy this, this, uh, this leveling system that's not tied to a microtransit. I mean, this is basically like, what microtransaction lifestyles are, but you're not doing microtransaction. You're actually getting good benefit out of your character progressing and improving over time, and that's pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. So, show. all
1: right, Brett, what's your second one? Oh well,
0: hey, it's your turn.
1: So I, my I my first divinity. was divinity. <laughs> I mean, well, i know <laughs> I picked yeah, that. So you go. Oh, okay, you want me to go? Okay. Well, my yeah. <laughs> my second one, or yeah, my second one is vermintide to no one's amaze. We haven't played it in a very long time, but I still enjoy the combat. It's like one of those games that's kind of like you don't have to think a lot. You just shoot and you get stuff and you progress and your character can look better over time. But it's just it's a game you can jump into, complete a mission, and then get out. Like It's not anything super complicated. But just the world of Warhammer is very interesting with the characters and the enemies and... I know we played it for countless hours at this point, and it, it, I know Brett is not a big fan of it, but I don't know. I just I just enjoy that play style. it's like, I mean, it's like Left for Dead. You know, I think I can jump into that almost any time, and that should be on this list too. But it's not. Um, but okay, so honorable mention would be Left for Dead, and uh, stuff like like games like that. It's just it's it's still tough. Like you still have to work together to complete a mission, depending on the difficulty, and uh, I always find that awesome awesome play yeah i guess it's like you know you
0: were talking earlier how you uninstalled battlefield 5 and i was like super heartbroken about that and then now we're talking about warhammer, warhammer vermin and you really love that game and ironically enough last week i uninstalled it again <laughs> i was like i just don't want to play this game yeah i like, i totally I, I play because you guys play it but i don't know what it is i just like i mean i don't mind it and it's like when i get into
1: it it's pretty fun but I just there's something about the gameplay that just isn't. So you're not it's not doing it for you're me. You're not a it's huge weird. fantasy person, and I think that's part of it too. Like I'm a huge fantasy person. I rather but see like I am into Divinity a lot though now, true, true. so it's like, but it. Well, I think that's, I mean, that's I guess a tick maybe on there. that's a tick on like a reason why you probably don't like it as much. Maybe this yeah, was space. You know, like Mass Effect had a horde mode like Vermintide, you might like it more because it's space maybe stuff. Yeah. I think
0: the thing is that I'm not familiar with the Warhammer world, so I don't have any yeah. affinity to that. Right, and I don't like—I don't really like the rats that I'm fighting and stuff like that. Like, and the the worlds all feel kind of the sort of the same. There's a formula. Not a lot, but they're kind of the same. There's a formula as far as what they look like. Whereas, like Left Left for Dead, I mean, it's zombies, so it's just like that's cool. But then every every map was very different. Like, you had the airport, you had the hospital you had this freaking open like farmland that you ran through and we're running through cornfields, getting chased by zombies. And, you know, there's like a lot of different like mega variety. And this one, there's definitely a lot of like, you know, textural variety to the game, but I feel like a lot of them are relatively similar. I don't know. There's not, not, that's a bad argument because there is a lot of like thinking of like that, that one church that you go into and have to defend when you're playing Warhammer. And there's, there is some variety to it, but it's all dark and, Drab and I don't know. I don't know. So is Left for Dead. I guess. (laughs) I guess you're maybe right. Maybe it's just the fantasy aspect of it. But I think it's more the Warhammer universe. And then, like, I like my character a lot. Mm. Like that I play as the the Witch Queen or whatever her name is. Like she's pretty cool. But there's just uh, I don't know. It just doesn't do it. I mean, I get it. It's not. It's not
1: the deepest game, and I. It could be. It definitely could be a lot better. And people have brought that up. How they've they're supposed to make you know uh throwing patches that would fix a few things or change a few things and it's taken so long before they've actually completed it and they've put out DLC that no one really cared about and it's just like why would you do this and then yeah i mean i get it i get it yeah
0: yeah but i still um, like it <laughs> yeah it's my no, guilty I mean, pleasure it's, it's I guess. good yeah it's a good game i mean i've i've put some time into it it's just never um if i if i never played it ever again tomorrow i would be fine with that right but it is, it is. I, I appreciate everything it's doing because it is, uh, it's nice to have a Left 4 Dead like game out there. Um, but my next one on my list actually is more in line with kind of that. It's kind of Left 4 Dead but it's also kind of not. And it's got some other aspects I really enjoy. But I've really come to like Deep Rock Galactic
1: oh. quite a bit.
0: And, and definitely think that that's a kind of a co op game in that realm that I appreciate because it's, just a lot of variety like to the formula where it's i mean it's a horde based game you are going through but you have a pretty clear objective of like collecting these minerals and these resources and you have a bonus objective kind of like in you know warhammer you can go out there and you have these objectives you have to follow but then you also can get these tomes and find these things off the and path and this one like you have stuff off the BM path but i think they just did a really good job with their progression system in this that like the, especially since they did 1.0 and like all the customizations and perks you can add into your character, your character's outfits, your gun uh, enhancements to your gun, your guns, your gadgets. Like there's all these pieces that they've added in there that are they're basic enough to where they're not overwhelming, but they're they're complex enough to make me want to come back and just like oh I want to just spend a little bit more time grinding out or doing this level to get this material. But then you don't have to go to that level because you have the mineral trade system where you can go in there and trade minerals out. So it's like there's a lot of modern conveniences that allow it to be a lot easier to like swap and share items and and just grow your character and get better each time. But then just the gameplay, moment-to-moment gameplay itself is is really good for a procedurally generated world. Um, I I thought they they did a really solid job with that. And it's it's a blast to play with friends because like every moment just like. Oh shit! There's shit coming after us. We're gonna die. And then we're
1: just like kind of calm because we're just like mining resources. Right. There's a lot of highs and lows, which is kind of nice. Yeah, I agree with everything you said, and that's also part. uh, Is also one of mine. Deep Rock Galactic.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So I'm stealing all yours. I know. I know. It's funny. Uh, My third one is going to be Warzone right now because obviously, I mean, get. I've been wanting that modern take on, uh, you know guns and combat and all that goodness and Warzone really brings it all together and you know I love jumping on with my friends who are on consistently so uh, surprising enough I bought the battle pass because we play so much and uh I just find it that that whole multiplayer aspect of you know you might die at any time like is very exciting but now that Modern War uh, uh, Warzone has made it where you can die go to the gulag come back die again your friends can buy you back over and over and over until you know the very end of the game and it's just it makes that you know rinse and repeat gameplay just very satisfying so and it's super smooth yeah. the gameplay is just super smooth gunplay is super smooth yeah no, Warzone is really good um, I don't
0: completely classify it myself as a co-op game I think of it more as like a PVP it's a PvP game that with my like that allows for four players. But okay. I have seen a lot of people put it on a co op list. Yeah. So, um because I, I, I was struggling with that. I was like, do I want to put this on a co op list or not? Because I was like thinking of games like Destiny, which definitely has a you know, it's it's co op for sure because you're like playing against I guess I think of co op as like playing against AI. Yeah. But yeah. Warzone could be considered that because right. it's like it is a
1: multiplayer game. There
0: is but you're playing that that aspect to it as well. Yeah.
1: I guess I consider co op as like playing with your friends. And I am playing with my friends with that game.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no it's it's uh it is fun to play with friends yep. and that is a awesome game that I um I was I every time I play it I'm like man I'm really impressed and surprised at uh what they it's just they they finally hit the nail on the head with this one. Um I mean obviously it's buggy as shit in a lot of ways but it also just it just feels good. Like moment to moment it's it's great and I can like play that map six times in a row and every time i mean they have the battlefield moments that i've been looking for you know like battlefield has its magic the battlefield magic that was basically impossible for me to find but uh warzone definitely has those pieces in there um yeah you know where you get that that magic that comes through where you know you're me jumping in a car and running people over to save my friend and get cash because i couldn't find cash in a crate that was that was a moment that you couldn't replicate in a story driven experience necessarily Um, or like flying in a helicopter and jumping out on top of some people and taking them out. Or the other day I was a uh, started the game and I landed on top of the tallest building in the map and I'm fishing around just picked up a bunch of great gear. And then I hear a helicopter coming around and I start shooting the helicopter and they land on top of it. And it's a whole entire squad in the helicopter to jump out and kill me. I'm like, <laughs> where did they come yeah. from of all buildings in this entire map to land on? They land on the one building that I'm on by myself. Yeah.
1: I was pissed. There's a lot of crazy so moments like that. For, you know, good, good and bad moments. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. Um uh, my next one. Oh, I'm
0: struggling right now because like <laughs> I have I have two. Well, I'm gonna do this one. Uh Borderlands three. I know everybody hates Borderlands. Not everybody hates Borderlands, but I will say for a co op game, they did a really good job with this Borderlands three. Um, story had some issues in a lot of places. But I, I really enjoy just the 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 grind of playing through this game and leveling up my character a lot and getting new guns and swapping guns out all the time, although the menu was a hot pile of trash. But I I just I really had fun playing this game with friends and I wouldn't play it solo. Like I would never go back and play this game again by myself. But when I'm jumping in with a group of people and being able to play through this story campaign. And just shooting bad guys and killing this, that, and whatever. Like it's it's a lot of fun to dive through that. And um, the leveling, the the modern technologies that they have in there with like the the shared loot so not having to fight over stuff is great. And the fact that I can go back to like level five with somebody and then I will be playing bad guys that are my level and they're playing bad guys that are their level. But we can play in the same game and not have to worry about it. That's that stuff is really cool and makes for a good uh Good quality of life situation um, that I enjoy. Have fun with so.
1: Very cool. Very cool. Highly recommended there. Uh, so my last one I want to talk about. and It might be very surprising to you, Brett, but I really had to think about this one. We see if thieves. Hey, that's on my list too. Yeah, I really enjoy that because. Well, I went back and watched us playing, and this is the multiplayer aspect of it. You know, when we were going up against those people, uh, other ships and stuff, and trying to get the loot and killing people and stuff like that, that is, like, there's four of us, so we're working together really hard to make it work. And I don't think there's another game like that where you have to work that hard in order to win. You know, in Warzone, you you, you can work hard, you can shoot, but sometimes someone gets a jump on you. But in that multiplayer mode, like, you can clearly see where your enemies are at, you know, at all times. And you can see them coming, you can see them going, you can see them attacking each other, and you right find try to find those right moments to control that ship, to get you next to the island, to get the gear, to turn in, or to get the chest with the gold, and turn in the gold, and then, you know, maybe go up, a few, uh, go up against a few enemies, and it's just all this craziness, but having to work with your, you know, teammates to really get the job done, man, that's a heck of an experience right there, let me tell you. So... It is, it is on my list. Yeah, no, I agree with Sea of
0: Thieves a lot. Like, I, I know not everybody... It definitely didn't do as well as it could have, and there's still a lot of work that could be done to that game. But I think just the the sheer fact that they were able to make a game that you get on a boat and the mechanics work so well, the physics are super nice, and the the amount of teamwork that goes into manning this boat and getting it to go where you need it to go. And um, I just wish there was more... Depth to their uh questing and like right. things that you did in the the co-op kind of uh um explore exploratory mode or whatever mm-hmm. but uh beyond that like it was just fun just to get out on the seas and just find stuff and like dive underwater and see what you can collect and then go out there and jump on an island and take out some little bad guys and um just be on the boat with your friends and just occasionally just go out and sing music and run through and have the storms come at you. And then all of a sudden you got a hole in your ship and you got to go down and fix it. And all these little pieces that they did that were just so collaborative. And, um, yeah, that was, that was a lot of fun. And like you said, the, the PVP mode was, uh, pretty solid with, uh, that added a whole new layer to it. That was a lot of, a lot of excitement. Cause I remember there was that one part where we were, did we, I want to say, we just spent the entire game like just crashing other ships. I think to win. Didn't well, we? early
1: on we did that. We just were killing. We're like, screw it, we're gonna lose. Let's just kill people. And then we're like winning. We're like, oh, if we're gonna stay in the lead, we kind of need to score some chess. And so then we scored a few chess, yeah. and lo and behold, we won. Yeah, it was a uh, it was a lot of fun. Yep.
0: I actually want to get back into the streaming that a little bit. I would for a mind. Period of time. I don't. I'm, I'm hoping everybody else is down with that yeah, at some point. Yeah, I would not cuz I think it would be good to I don't know. There's just a, they've had a lot of updates to it again since last time we played mm-hmm. and I want to see what all is there and then just I mean it's just it's fun oh, yeah. to jump into for a little bit and and uh jump on the seas with your friends. It's kind of therapeutic in a weird way. You know, just oh, like yeah. hunting for stuff. But yeah. I just wish the rewards you got were a little bit more diverse than I got gold. And more gold. Then I take it to a shop to then spend it on
1: stuff that's really expensive. Right. And Surprisingly, they're still updating this game. They still got content coming out for it. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. Yeah, I'm, I'm really. I think they're going to like. The, I think that their intent was
0: to make it like a ten year game. Wow. Um, I just don't know if I feel like they're gonna have to do a reboot at some point, kind of like what Destiny did, where they're gonna have to like do a Sea of Thieves two, just to kind of bring some newer ideas into it and kind of oh yeah, get people hyped about it again. Yeah. Um, or like Overwatch 2 is doing, you know, like get get something that that refreshes the title, the IP, the SKU, so that people want to return to it. Right.
1: I, I totally agree. Totally agree. Yeah. Uh, I have an honorable mention. <clears throat> okay. Outside cool. of Left 4 Dead. My honorable mention is Monster Hunter World. And me and Travis have played that a while back, but we actually jumped into it the other day, like a week ago. And, uh, you know, we had a lot of fun. I mean, it's fun trying to hunt those monsters down um you know it's not the best thing in the world but i mean to get a few uh, you know like an hour or two in of hunting some monsters building some armor and so upgrading your weapons and then going back out and doing it all over again um you know there's just something satisfying about that and using the world to your advantage um testing out different weapons was fun but obviously that story is just trash <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I don't remember the story at I all like, what was going on there just but, don't. but it's I, I was
0: going to put that on my list because I do remember like had very fond memories a little bit that we played that for, for like two months like that was like all we jumped in and played and I had fun like playing with friends and like fight, ta- Like again the, the monster hunting a part of it and the taking down the monsters was like prime because it was hard and you had to really work your butt off to get it and you'd unlock stuff and go back and just I mean, you knew which what, what gear you need unlocked. There wasn't any complications to the gear. Um, it was just like get the next level of gear, or like you know you're about to go against a guy that does a lot of fire or whatever. Like find stuff that's resistant to that, so you don't get your butt kicked by it. Right. Um, and all those all those components really made for an awesome experience. But for me, it was just there's a lot of pieces that were kind of broken from a co op perspective. Like for example, cutscenes. And like somebody went in a you you wouldn't be able to join your friend until a cutscene happened. So a lot of things that made this a co op game that weren't co op friendly uh, turned me off from like putting it on the list of <clears throat> hey you should all play this. But I do think it's a fun game. Oh yeah. Um, worthy of a of a. Per- I did buy it on PC a while back, oh, but I nice. never played it on PC. But I was thinking about jumping back into it, but just never never did it. Yeah, me trash um, jump back
1: into it. I, I mean. It- I can't say it makes me want to come back and play more, but, I mean, I, I do remember those memories, like you said, like, when we first played it on the PlayStation. Like, it was a lot of fun, and everyone had it, and so we are just, like, all hanging out, having a good time, killing monsters. Like, you can't beat yeah. that, you know? I'm sure once exactly. we get a little lull in video games, I, I might be something to jump back into, because uh, there's a lot to explore there. And, uh, you know, they have that DLC comes that came out that you have to beat the full game in order to play. So, yeah. there's just a lot to do in that game that I have yet to explore, so... I need to finish it. There you go, man. There you go. Yep. Um, well, I got
0: my last one that I'm going to bring up real quick here. Sweet. So my number five is... Uh, this is this a struggle bus one here, <laughs> but I'm going to put it <laughs> on there because... Okay. I I think it, it fits, but I can't believe I'm saying this, but Ghost Recon Breakpoint, man. Oh, bro. throwing it out there. No. I'm throwing it in
1: there, man. Why?
0: I'm throwing it in there. I mean, this game has a lot of trashy bits to it, but... You know, it's like there, there's there's times in your life where you want to watch some trash television and you just have to flip on that trash television and watch it. And and like, you know, I've, I do that a lot where I'm like, man, I just want to watch something stupid. And I do. And Ghost Recon is kind of that trash television for me where it's like there's there's a lot of bugginess to this game, but I, I keep wanting to jump back in and playing it. It's like I want to do this the grind is fun like I enjoy trying to find new gear and weapons to level up and I got a group of friends that I'm playing with and I'm having fun with and like there's a lot of like loop mechanics in here the story is garbage it's terrible the cutscenes are terrible except for when John is in there um but uh that's not that great but I do enjoy I think the world is incredible like I think they did a really really good job building this universe this world that makes you me want to explore and see oh there's a question mark over there what is that or like i'm gonna jump in a helicopter and then parachute out and go find this thing that i've never seen before and a lot of times what you're gonna discover is like there's a chest that's got a random weapon in it so it's not like there's anything like unique uh to it there's always just you're running into a base you're killing a bunch of bad guys and you just go find all the chests that are there and then you go on to the next place and rinse and repeat but that loop is satisfying and from a co-op perspective like I mean, it's easy to jump on with friends. It's easy to help each other. I mean, you go and heal each other in the battle. Uh, Whenever somebody like tags a mission, like it shares it to the whole group. If you're wanting to do the story and travel through the story and you're doing main missions, like they give you options of whether or not you want to join a cutscene or not. So that if you're just... Somebody's playing the story and you're playing with them, but don't really care about playing the story over again. You can ignore the cutscene and go about and like kill some bad guys while your friend's watching a cutscene. Or no matter where you are in the world, you can like press a button to join in the cutscene and watch the story with them. And like those little, there's a lot of quality of life things from a co op perspective that exist here that I'm like surprised to see so well done. And it just lets me do stupid stuff that I've always wanted to do. Like did the day I was playing and like I was going to jump off this, uh, this ledge, this ledge and then parachute down on this base and start just wreaking havoc on these bad guys. Well, I go on a running start and I go to leap off and there's no like actual like physical jump mechanic in this game when you're running that actually lets you leap. So I just like kind of ran off the edge and fell and then hit the rock below me, <laughs> and then the 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 climbing mechanics in this are good in some places. But then there's some really unrealistic physics where you like s- attach to the side of a cliff side that you should not be able to stand on, but you are. Like basically, you're almost like an, a hundred. Like, it's almost like vertical incline, mm-hmm. but you're standing on that ledge. I'm like, the, where's the ledge at? There's no ledge here. <laughs> but it's hilarious, and it makes me laugh, and I love it, and I capture those moments, and then. Uh the other day I was playing with people or I was playing with Jason and Sam and we were doing something with a a battle situation. I think I just like alerted some people that I wasn't supposed to alert. I don't know what I did, but I did something that caused a whole like they called reinforcements and it just became this disastrous moment. And then I shot down a uh, shot a sniper and took a helicopter out. I was like that's badass. Like I didn't think I could take that helicopter out by shooting this guy out of the sky. And it was amazing. And it was one of those like battlefield moments that I was looking for, the battlefield magic. But in this case, it's the ghost recon magic. And it was super satisfying. Or the other day we were playing and uh, Sam wanted to, she just fast traveled to the base. We're like four and a half kilometers away from this mission. And then I was like, Jason, you want to drive with me? And he's like, sure, let's do it. So I'm like, all right, let's go. So I jump in this Humvee, we leave this base, and we have to go four and a half kilometers away. And it's a blizzard outside, so you have no visibility in front of me. And I'm going like, as fat. I'm flooring this car, this Humvee through this area, and we're dodging people left and right. I almost got taken out by like five different people. I fly off of a cliff and like somehow land the vehicle, and I'm going so fast across this map, I'm surprised we didn't blow up this car 10 times. Actually, in real life, you would have blown up the car 10 times but because it's a game and it's an ubisoft game i didn't and it was magical and i saved a video clip of it because i thought it was hilarious so very cool man. Story. very cool yeah so awesome you should get it. it's 20 right now on the, the playstation store you can join us in the fun
1: uh, it's just so <laughs> hard man i just can't play that like i used to like on the playstation it's hard to play <laughs> fps's i'm sorry yeah it, it is it is hard to play. A, well, this is a
0: third person shooter actually, so it's not really a first person shooter, but it's okay. It's the same thing. It's okay,
1: but well, you I'm can make it first person. <clears throat> yeah, I know. Well, some of it, not all, not of it, all of it, but some of it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I do have first person for when I aim down sights. But yeah, no, it is it is harder because there's no aim assist in this game either. Like on most console games, so whenever you like aim down your sights or you're like going to shoot at somebody, like it's not aiming for you. So you have to get kind of precise, and sometimes the controls are a little little clunky on that in that regard. Yeah. But it, it is definitely more difficult, but I just like this kind of game on that better. Cause it's just, it just feels, I don't know. just feels right. It feels nice yep, I understand. to play it there, even though it is kind of a little inaccurate, but it's fun. It's been good. Wish but I could. Those of y'all that like games on PlayStation and are looking like a co like a shooter game or whatever state of play is happening right now. So there's like a boatload of sales on PlayStation store so like everything's on sale, which is kind of nice. So I went and picked up a couple of games yesterday that I wanted to play. Like, uh, what did I pick up? I bought a game. I realized I was looking back in my library and found that I've, I've purchased like six games in the last year that I forgot I bought because I bought them with the intent of playing them. But because you can't see your games in your library, like I want something like in steam where, if I buy it, like I can, you have the collections, right? And you can organize your stuff based on collections. So I have a collection in steam called unplayed. So any game that I've never played goes in that collection. So once I start playing it, then I move it out and move it around. Or if it's a game that I'm actively playing, I mark it as a favorite and then it goes to the top of my list. So I always know these are the games I need to beat. Now these are the games I haven't played and everything else is category categorized in different categories and other buckets. So the only ones I have visible in my list are the Unplayed and then the Favorites. But in this game, or in PlayStation, unless it's installed on your hard drive, it doesn't show up in your list anywhere. Mm-hmm. You have to go in the library. And when you go in the library, it's got all of your games. There's no way to like sort or categorize them. You can only add stuff to folders that's on your hard drive. And that frustrates the shit out of me. Because I was like, I bought Mad Max, forgot. I bought Dangerous Driving a while ago, forgot about it. I bought Journey to the Savage Planet. Completely forgot about it. Um, What else did I buy? Uh, I still can't remember what I bought yesterday. Oh, shit. I bought Assassin's Creed Odyssey yesterday. Because I have it on on PC, but I don't want to play it on PC. So I was like, well, the ultimate, like, ultra edition that was normally $120 is like, it was $20. So I was like, I'm just going to buy that because then it comes with all the expansion packs and all the stuff, and then that can be my guilty pleasure later on in the future. So... I picked that up, but I have a bunch of games on there that I forgot that I have because they don't surface them very well. You can't categorize them easily. It's annoying. So if you're listening, Sony, go fix that
1: for PlayStation Five. Thank you. Did you, you go off on a tangent here, buddy? I did. Okay. I did. I was like, we're far away from best co op games. <laughs> <laughs>
0: indeed. Yes. Indeed. Well, anyway, so that's all I got for Best Co op games. All righty. Very nice. Very nice. Sea of Thieves. Breakpoint, Deep Rock Galactic, Divinity,
1: and then Fermentide. What was the other game you had that was not on my list? Uh, Warzone, Warzone, uh, and then yes. honorable mentions: Left for Dead and Monster Hunter World. Yeah, I, I will say that Left 4 Dead is an honorable mention for me. Yep. if it was uh,
0: if there was a remastered version of it or a brand new version of it, I would say that. But I think <laughs> we've come a long way since that game came out, and it. Still sits well in my memories oh, of like yeah. that was a badass co-op game. Oh yeah. But going back to it, it's just like oh, Yeah. It's a little difficult sometimes. Yeah.
1: yeah. But I it was agree.
0: still great. For sure. So many man. good memories of that. For show. Sure. All right. Let's wrap this baby up. All right. That's it for our discussion topic this week. If you want to contribute to the next week's segment, give us a shout out the inner or you can join us on our Discord channel with a link in the show notes. We'll be right back with our upcoming video game releases.
1: You're listening to the Inner Gamer.
0: looking forward to next week let's talk about upcoming video game releases we have one game coming out that is on june 16th desperados 3 for the playstation 4 xbox one and pc this is a game that is a story-driven hardcore tactical stealth game set in a ruthless Wild Wild West scenario and this prequel to the beloved classic Desperados Wanted Dead or Alive John Cooper joins forces with the runaway bride Kate the shady hitman Doc McCoy the giant trapper Hector and Isabel a mysterious lady from New Orleans on Cooper's quest for redemption his adventures lead him and his gang from rural towns over swamps and riverbanks and finally to a dramatic showdown worthy of Wild West legends so there you have it folks that's about it we're getting close though we have The Last of Us coming out very soon so stay tuned for that And with that, that's going to wrap up our show this week. If you uh, want to keep listening to this podcast, you should definitely check us out next Tuesday for more from us. And if you like what you hear, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to join us every single Wednesday on our Twitch stream at twitch.tv slash The Inner Gamer Cast, where we're streaming Divinity Original Sin 2, the story right now.
1: And if you want to support our show, you can donate on our website over at theinnergamer.net. All donations go towards making the podcast videos and everything else even better. You can also join in over on the conversation on our Discord channel, so check out the show notes for that link. And as always, if you cannot contribute monetarily, take the time to share this episode with a friend, fan member, or loved one. The more eyes we get in front of our content, the faster we grow, and it helps more than you know. So thank you for your continued support. I'm Austin Morales. And I'm Brighton Osky. And you've been listening to the Gamer Podcast, guys. We'll catch you all next week. Podcast out!